In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue our walk beside our Lord to his life-giving passion. Last evening, we begin with a hard word from our Lord in the image of the cursing of the fig tree when he asked for food, was not able to produce fruit. And then there was a back and forth with the chief priests and the scribes. And this evening we delved further into the conflict between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those in charge with our Lord. And we can see how they wish to set a trap. How they have very delicately spun webs of reason that support whatever they think. The Sadducees wanting to trick our Lord into somehow making some kind of faux pas, such proving that there's no resurrection. The Pharisees wanting to try to figure out some way figure out the political, the power, where exactly is he? And our Lord, and the simplicity and humility that he showed us on Sunday in his entry into Jerusalem, is able to answer them such that we hear in the gospel that they decided that this is probably not the way that they needed to figure out how to kill Jesus. Confronting the bridegroom, as we do these first few evenings of Holy Week, we may not see ourselves as the Sadducees or the Pharisees or the chief scribes, those in power, but we do recognize very much, very intimately, the webs the ways in which we reason, how we get ourselves to what we want, what we desire, how we very quickly, as we see and have heard in the hymnody and heard in the Gospels, how greed, vainglory, self-righteousness blinds us. It hardens our heart. But it doesn't actually stop our thinking, our processing. Because part of the challenge with confronting the bridegroom, or rather the bridegroom confronting us, is how quickly we know that we can create those excuses, create those justifications, create loopholes for ourselves, to create all sorts of reasonable, you know, Logical, A, B, therefore C. But when the bridegroom is standing before us, as he does this week, this is where he cuts through that web, that thinking. Because these were all religious men, right? There was no issue that they didn't know scripture that they were not familiar with temple worship, that they were somehow uh, unknown of God. 
part of the problem was that they were a little too comfortable with God, or maybe rather a little too comfortable with the gods that they had created and thought were God. This self-righteousness, the greed, the vain glory. Our Lord, as the bridegroom, comes and he comes and he challenges us. He cuts through those webs that are in their manifestations very surfacy. They're very fleshy. They have no real depth. They don't show anything that we hear that we actually want from St. Ephraim's prayer. There's no patience. There's no love. It's rather idle talk, judgment of others. It is the bridegroom who confronts the eye that we have created so many little castles in the clouds. All the defenses, ways in which we have figured out everything for ourselves. And even use God to create those castles, those enclosures, those fortresses. And it is Christ's lamentation over Jerusalem. Because we don't see ourselves as the ones who killed the prophets, right? As our Lord said. We do not see ourselves as the chief priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees. We see ourselves as those faithful disciples. Well, we know the rest of the story, right? The ones who cannot stay awake, the ones who betray, the ones who run away when trouble actually comes, or those who, in their petulance, you know, take a sword and take off an ear, misunderstanding our Lord and his entry and everything that he's about. But it is our Lord who, lamenting over Jerusalem, draws this image of God like a mother hen over the chicks. It's like the prophet Zephaniah from Sunday. This is a God who wants nothing else but to shelter, to care for, to feed. But all he has instead is a lament, tears. Because the bridegroom asks for us to be the bride. Ask for us to go beyond that surface, that greed, that self-righteousness, that vainglory, all of the stuff that we spin around the eye that is supposed to be everything in our world and submit it to the true one. To get through all of this reasoning, all of these thoughts, all of these fear, all of this, to get to the heart. To have our arrows, our love, directed ultimately and always to the bridegroom. He wants our hearts. He wants everything. The mind comes with that, but it is why, this is why we do long services, why we fasted, why we have prayer rules, 
It's why? Because the issue is not just knowledge. It is that we have an affliction of the heart. When you're interested in that girl or boy in high school or college, you did anything and everything. When you wanted all sorts of things in the world, you will sacrifice whatever it takes to get to that place, to be what you want to be. This is more true for our call as the church, as the bride, whom the bridegroom is going to pursue down into the depths, through the cross, and into the grave. This is the love of God. This is the one who entered at Jerusalem. This is the one who's going to pursue us to the depths. Thou art more beautiful than all men, O bridegroom. Thou hast invited us to the spiritual banquet of thy bridal chamber. Strip me of the ugly garment of my sins as I participate in thy passion. Adorn me in the glorious robe of thy beauty that proclaims me a guest in thy kingdom, O merciful Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.